um, into the scripture, especially sometimes if we would like to understand something better. Uh, I believe the Lord gives us that understanding that we look at these words and sometimes when they translate from a different language, words lose their context. So it's important for us to, to look at these words sometimes uh, in the original context, original language, and find out if there be any vari- variations there. And as it is with this word, there's about four different kinds. We're going to look at the word uh, in the Greek language. It's called diasozo, which means through, uh, and to cure, preserve, or rescue, to make perfectly whole. Uh, it occurs eight times in the New Testament. Uh, I won't cover every single instance of the word. Uh, otherwise, we'd be here for probably two or three hours. So I don't want to do that. Uh, I think we can get the meaning just by going through a few of these places. So we'll look at, again, at 1 Peter chapter 3. We'll read verses 18 through 22. <clears throat> it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, and just for the unjust, that he might bring us to uh, to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which he also went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient when once long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure, wherein too even baptism doth also save, <clears throat> save us not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand, hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So the word there um, in the New American Standard Version, which I read Wednesday, if I didn't put, bring it with me. But it reads uh, something similar to this, but it uses the word safely, which, of course, is the same derivation of the word. Uh, you also see the instance there uh, regarding the word baptism, which is a similar word there. It says, preserves us not with the washing of the external body, not the washing of the dirt off the body, but it says appealing to God, for a good conscience through Christ raising raising from the dead, things are subject to him, not to ourselves, the church, or me, but to Christ. We're subject to Christ. So again, you see this word here used in this particular passage with the with context rather to Noah. He says there when once long-suffering to God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was uh, preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. I'll raise the question, would, that have, would they have been delivered if Noah had quit being a preacher of righteousness? If he had continued to do the work that God had asked him to do? I'm sure God would have, would have figured out a way but it appears that Noah's faith in the Lord and him doing the will of God was what delivered him through that. It wasn't Noah himself that delivered himself through the flood, but it was the Lord who delivered him through it. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9. 
Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. It says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to the serving of the living God? And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that is, by means of death, for the redemption of transgressions that were under the First Testament. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force, is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had broken every precept to all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and goats and with water and scarlet and wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament, which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and the vessels of the ministry. And also of all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. <clears throat> it is therefore necessary that the pattern of these things in the heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with which better sacrifice than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself now it appears in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entered the holy place every year with the blood, off, uh, blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall they appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So I want to draw our attention to first couple verses that we read he says for for where a testament is there must also of necessity be the death of the testator for a force is of for a testament is of force after men are dead otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth so christ having died made the covenant possible but also in that same instance and our, and, and our belief in the Lord, we do by faith enter into baptism and enter into covenant as well under the blood of Jesus. So then again there through that, we have the opportunity to be saved, to have salvation through Christ. Let's look at Acts chapter 23. I may be wrong. I might get through this tonight. <laughs> Acts chapter 23 verses 23 and 24 
It says, He called unto him two centurions, saying, Make ready two hundred soldiers, and to go to Caesarea, and the horsemen threescore and ten, and spearmen two hundred, and at a third hour of the night. And he provided them beasts that they may set on Paul, uh, set Paul on, excuse me, not on Paul, and bring him safe unto Felix the governor. So the same word there, safe, in this particular instance, it means to rescue or preserve going through. So he was delivered from the hand of the Jews who sought to, and, and the verses preceding that, to kill him. And as a, as a measure of that, they sought to deliver him to Caesarea with safety. But you see how many guards that they provided for him. He had a, he had a whole host to guard him. That was exactly, it was an interesting matter that such a man of, an, of, of importance, scripturally speaking, but to the men that they delivered him, because he was going to, it's going to cause an uprising almost. So they had a great host there to protect him. Let's look at Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Verses 34 through 36 in chapter 14. It says, And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Genesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent unto him all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. And besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. So, same, same instance here. Here Christ, just as in the previous accounts in the scripture, earlier he left the boat. He had, the disciples were thinking that they were going to die. They were trying to wake him up. And of course, he delivered them out of that. And then he went on to this land and these people discovered that he was there and brought all these sick to him, the lame, the, and who knows what else. And it says that they they wanted to just touch the hem of his garment. Same thing there in that particular verse. And of course, in another translation uses that same word um, for saved there. But of course, it means the same thing. It means to cure, to preserve, to bring them out of their illness. Or to make them perfectly whole. Christ was the only one that had the power to make those those people perfectly whole. So you, again, you see the word there used in a different context from what we saw used in 1 Peter chapter 3. But given the context, you can see exactly how it's used according to Scripture. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 6 real quick. Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. <laughs> and he came down with them and stood in the plain. 
and the company of his disciples and the great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea of coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they, they that were there vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for there went out virtue out of him and he healed them all. So again, the same word there. Same context. They sought to be delivered, to be healed, to be cured from their ailments. But they can only be delivered through Christ. Let's look at Acts chapter 27. Acts 27, verse 44. So this is a chapter concerning shipwreck there at Malta. We'll start there in verse uh, verse 42. It says, And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded them that they should come, uh, could, that they could swim, should cast themselves first in the sea and get to land. And the rest some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship, and so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. So that passage of Scripture there, of course, in different, some different translations, it reads a little differently, but still the same purpose and intent there behind the word. They were escaped. They were delivered out of the shipwreck with their lives. You think that was any, any mistake? Absolutely not. It was all for the honor and glory of God that he saw that these men were delivered with their lives. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of the faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised... And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking assembling together as of ourselves, as is the habit of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for the judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries, and he despised Moses' law and died without mercy under two or three witnesses. How much more sore a punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he is sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace? <clears throat> For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. 
and again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but call to remembrance the former days in which ye were illuminated, and ye endured a great, great flood of afflictions. Partly whilst ye were a gazing stock, both of those, <clears throat> both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst ye become companions of them to which ye are so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully to spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourself that ye have the same heaven, a better and more enduring substance. Casting off therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye had done the will of God, ye had received the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. But we are of them who draw back not unto perdition, but unto them that believe to the saving of the soul. So in the same context here, uh, speaks of faith and, and of enduring. He also talks about there about drawing near to the Lord. Verse twenty-two. He says, "Let us draw near to the uh, with the heart, true heart, and full assurance of the faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful who has promised." I deleted that. So, sorry, I'm going to restart this just a second, y'all. So here we have in this particular passage there when we're reading that verse 26 about our faith. He says, draw near with the true heart and full assurance of the faith. What do you think that means? It says, drawing near with your faith assured. He goes on there. He says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Again, we read over in Hebrews and the previous chapter, chapter 9. Again, it's not the actual act of the washing of the dirt from our bodies when we're baptized that, that delivers us. But it's our appeal to God through a good, through what? A good conscience. Same thing is echoed here in verse 22. So he says, hold fast. Hold on. Hold fast means to hold tight. Pro, to the what is promised. Because God is faithful to provide that which he has promised. Any questions on that? Comments? If not, we'll, look, we'll move on to Luke chapter 1. Again, I know there's a lot of moving and a lot of reading. Luke chapter 1. <laughs> Verse 69. says we'll actually look at verse 68 it says blessed be the lord god of israel for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of house of his servant david 
He spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which has been since the beginning of the world, and that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath on which he has sware to our father Abraham. So there in verse 69 there, that word there, that's, uh, of course it says it literally here in the, in the context here, it's the horn of salvation. It's the word soteria, which is saved. And it means to rescue safely, that is physically or morally, deliver health, horn of salvation or deliverance from God. This particular instance of word occurs 45 times in the New Testament. So quite a bit of times that it does occur there. And it's speaking there in this particular passage of Scripture of, of Christ being the opportunity for us to be delivered. Of course, you see that there. He says, He hath raised us up as a horn of salvation for us in the house of, house of his servant David. So a means of, a means of deliverance by God. He goes on there, he says, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore unto Abraham our father and he granted unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear and in holiness and righteousness before him in all the days of our life. And thou, child, should, uh, shalt be called the prophet of the highest for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, and through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that have sinned in the darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel." So again, mentioning of Christ as a means for which we can obtain salvation through him. The other scripture we read quite commonly talks about Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but through him. This passage of scripture seems to continue to support that, of course. Acts chapter 7 is our next place to look. Another translation of that word that I'll look in the definition means deliverance from danger. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7 and verse 25 says, For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. For on the next day he had showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren, why do you wrong one another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at the saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. And when forty years were expired, they appeared to him in the wilderness of Sinai, an angel of the Lord, in the flame of fire in the bush. And when Moses saw it, he wondered at the side as he had drew near, 
to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, the place which thou standest is holy ground. I have seen, and I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groanings, and am come down to deliver them, and now come, and I will send thee into Egypt. So there where we started in verse 25, that was the beginning where we started off there. He talks about, he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would have de- would deliver them, by, but they understood not. So Moses was a means of salvation to those people. Because why? The Lord had said, you're going to do this thing. He had, he had purposed that he was going to do this to deliver Egypt out of the hand of, or excuse me, Israel out of the hand of the Egyptians, not the other way around. So we talk about this particular instance being a type and shadow of Christ. That word there again, same word, saved. He thought that they would have understand, I'm going to deliver you from this danger that you're in. What was the danger? The Lord had already already put into place that Israel was his people. And at this particular point, they were in danger of being swallowed up by the world. They were, we know Egyptian culture was esteemed in idol worship of of other gods. And that they were commingled with the Egyptians, which is not what, according to scripture, according to Mosaic law, was not what the, the people of God were to do. So then he puts Moses in this particular place. And when Moses saw that his people were persecuted, he killed the man. And he went back the next day and said, why are you you doing this? Why why are you crawling against one another? You fight against your own people? And they're like, why? Are you going to kill us like you did the Egyptians? What makes you think that you're so good that you can... You can do this. And what did it motive Moses do? He fled. And then at the appropriate time, he came back. Find it interesting, Moses was there for 40 years before he came back to Egypt. And the Exodus lasted how long? 40 years. Let's look at Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Again, I would encourage you, don't take my word for it. Look at these passages of Scripture as well and other Scriptures. There's, Again, there's quite a few more of these that I would encourage you to take a look at. Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20 is what we'll read. He says, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife and some of goodwill. The one, uh, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am said of the defense of the gospel, that went, that what then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice ye, and will rejoice. 
For I know that this is, shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. So again, you have Paul in his letter to the church at Philippi talking about deliverance. The same word here. Rescue, safety, to deliver. He said, Therefore I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and to supply the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We know the scripture talks about the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So he was asking for their prayers. He said, I'm going to be delivered through your through these through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit. And who does the Spirit come through? The body of Christ. He says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, I am I have nothing I shall uh, shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, now in Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. So again, that word deliverance is used with regard to what? Coming from Christ. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 11. He says, Through faith also, excuse me, I don't know if I wrote that down wrong. Yes, I did. Through faith also, Sarah herself received the strength and conceived seed and was delivered of the child and she was, when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and of him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and the multitude, and as is the sand with which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that said such th uh, things declaring plainly that they seek a country, and truly of that which was been mindful of that country from whence they come, excuse me, which they come out, that they might have an opportunity to have returned. But now they desired a better country that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, and for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tired, or excuse me, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, and of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, account, accounting that God was able to raise up even from the dead, from whence also he had received him in a figure. Excuse me. I read the wrong verse, y'all, but it still works. It still fits, doesn't it? <laughs> so the same thing here. I'll, I'll finish up with this and I'll go and read the verses I'm supposed to read. So what was it? God provided salvation 
through his covenant at that particular point. These were the patriarchs of faith. Talks about Sarah. They believed that the Lord would be able to fulfill their promise. So they were delivered from their situation, weren't they? Now over in verses 5 through 8, where I should have read, <laughs> it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because of God had translated him. For before his translation, he had his testimony that he pleased God, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Again, verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of these things, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he had uh, condemned the world, and became heirs of the righteousness which is by faith. So again here, that same word. He said, Being moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he had condemned the world and became heirs of righteousness with his by faith. So again, the word salvation pertains there to the salvation of his household because Noah placed his faith in God and believed that the Lord would deliver him through that, as he did. Did the rest of the world receive deliverance from God? No, because the world was wicked talked about the type of wickedness that went on there and they had this love of God was not in them so the same things here he continued even despite the probably the things that they called him and the things that they did he was he was still delivered because he placed his faith and his trust in the Lord Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Verse 11. He says, As for I long have seen you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to end ye, to the end ye may be established, that is, that I may be of comfort together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times it, it, I purpose to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among the Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation that every one that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest to them and God has shewed it unto them. For the invisible things of him of the creation are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even as eternal power in the Godhead 
so that they are without excuse, because that when they know God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and foolish in their hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness from the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who have changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So there in particular in those first seven verses we read from 11 to 17, he addresses in 16, again, the same word of salvation. He says, those who believe. That word there is pistuo, which means to commit or to put into trust. He goes there, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, the Jews first and also the Greek. We know, of course, first the congregation of the Lord was the people of Israel. But then he refers to the Greeks there. Do you think he means just the Greeks? No, he rem- he's talking about the Gentiles. That was the main commonality of the, of, of the Gentiles. They understood the Greek language, most of them. But he goes on there. Excuse me. He says, For therein the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So putting your trust in, in the Lord, from faith to faith. Same word, or from trust to trust. So trusting in the Lord, committing to the Lord, that's the only way that we can be saved. And of course, the scripture specifically points out the body of Christ and talks about being in Christ. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I promise I am almost done. We've got this place and one more to go. So again, circling around to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we'll read starting in verse 5. It says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is your consolation and salvation. Excuse me, I lost my place for a second. It is for your consolation and salvation, and our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also the consolation. So, again, the word salvation there in the Greek. He says, affliction endured is for comfort and salvation of the church there. Who was he addressing? Of course, he was addressing the Corinthian church there, again, that they endure. That's the cons- the consolation. And so it's <clears throat> enduring through these afflictions that they might obtain salvation. 
He says, which is an effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. So Paul and them were, had endured all this affliction and all these trials and sufferings. Why? It's for the church, so that the church could continue, and that the brethren would be encouraged, and they could continue to teach, and that others might receive the self-same opportunity for salvation. But it says there in verses 18, we read there the last verses 18 through 24, but as God is true and our, our word toward you was not yea or nay. <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't read that right again. I'm trying to go back to Romans. Don't, don't let me do that. <laughs> so again there, the consolation and the comfort was, that, was what? To serve the Lord. And what we read over in, in back in Romans, I guess I should reference, is that in verses 18 through 24 over there in Romans chapter 1, says what was the, the, the consequences of unbelief? And that was what? It was said that they would receive the wrath of God for their unrighteousness. And the last place we'll turn, Ephesians chapter 3. And then I'll hush. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knee to the, unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family is in heaven and earth is named. <clears throat> that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, and that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we think or ask, according to the scripture. Excuse me. According to the power that worketh in us. And unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout ages, World without end. Amen. So hearing, seeing here what it says about salvation as well, he says this, what? This may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, and the depth. So, he says there that may that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. So, us being grounded in faith in Christ. That is our only means of spiritual salvation there. It's being grounded and rooted in Christ. And again, like we read over in the earlier verses about holding fast. 
continually holding fast. Holding on to something tightly, not turning loose. Because the only means of salvation in which we can find is in Christ. And the scripture speaks of that. Why else would he have addressed each one of these to the church here? So let us consider these things and study them. Again, I encourage you all to study these things for yourself. Don't take my word for it. That what they used to say on reading Rainbow, I remember as a kid. He says, "Don't, don't take my word for it. Read it yourself.